For two buds talk trash about how their favorite shows begin. We're the two buds. I'm Alex. And I'm Ethan. Oh, oh, Ethan, I'm so excited because this is kind of sort of a special episode. Yes, it is. We are doing a rerun episode. And okay, so here's the thing we actually recorded our first rerun episode that's going to air later in the season last week. But today's episode is a rerun of a show. Some of you may have heard of called Archer. What? Possibly. What? Mm-hmm. And we wanted to talk about this as a rerun anyways, but then we realized, hey, the last season is premiering this year. Let's wait until it premieres and then we can talk about the like the premiere and like what the show is entirely. So it's a little yeah. different than say the rest development or the future rerun as well. But I'm really excited to talk about this because this is a show that means a whole bunch to me. Alex, you could say this is our last first episode of Archer. Why? <laughs> I'm just said the show means a lot to me. I might cry. I seriously might cry during this. I don't know. Um, it's so good. I Okay, so if you haven't heard our rerun episodes before, this is how it's going to go down. It's a little different than how we do our normal episodes because we're actually just going to talk about stuff that we like about the show as a whole. We're going to go through all the different seasons. There's going to be a shit ton of spoilers. And, you know, we're going to talk about favorite gags, favorite things. It's not going to be a whole lot of cohesive, like we're telling a story. It's going to be us sharing our favorite inside jokes, basically, because we really like the show. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. maybe for some reason you haven't watched Archer, but you've always wanted to. Maybe this is a thing that presses you over and like, Maybe I'll give it a shot. Or maybe you'll just hang out with us and enjoy as we just goof off. Of, and you maybe. can join in on your side, like what your favorite shenanigans are. Yeah. But I think that's all I have for rant-wise. I don't know. Where do you want to begin? I think we begin where it always begins, at the beginning. Fuck, you're so smart, Ethan. I know I am. So I guess the way we could do this is, we've already done an episode this this season where it was alluded to a little bit because you had me watch Frisky Dingo yes. at one point. So, funny enough, the same people that did Frisky Dingo are the same people that are doing Archer. Technically. Technically. What I've come to learn... In a sense. <laughs> ...is that in season 11, while Adam Reed is still the creator, he's not writing for season 11. His last season was season 10. Oh, interesting. And I tried doing some Googles for it, and I did not find an immediate answer within the first three hits, so I stopped searching. Mm, as you do. As one does, right? That's way too much effort for this mm-hmm. podcast. Yeah, too much research. But I think I've talked about before in Frisky Dingo the idea that Adam Ray just gets bored of writing shit sometimes. And like that's why a lot of his projects just kind of fizzle out. So he's been done for a while. He really has. He kind of agreed to do these Dreamland and Danger Island and like these coma sequences mm-hmm. because it allowed him to kind of do tell stories that he wouldn't have been able to tell otherwise. Right. It's a completely different format in that sense. But also he knew that he couldn't keep doing it forever and the show was coming to an end. So technically it was his idea too to wake him up from the coma. Yeah, that's true. But. Oh, hey, guys, just so you know, Archer at the end of season, <laughs> what is it? seven eight 
gets shot and is presumed dead until he's realized he's in a coma and he's in a coma for three years <laughs> we did this with our other rerun too we're not even talking about like what the fuck archer is no do you no, want to yeah, summarize just... it sure archer is an entire show based off of the parody or satire of corp uh, not corporate espionage just regular <laughs> international espionage you have your main protagonist sterling archer aka duchess as his code name is called he's the super spy protagonist of the entire show uh works with a crew which had to be renamed and forgotten as the as the special spy agency named isis oof oops they didn't know they didn't know I honestly think ISIS stole it from that show just to piss people <laughs> off. That's the that's the conspiracy I'm going with. They're like, hmm. <laughs> what this show's we... fucking hilarious. Yeah. It's like, this is great. And Americans love it. So what if we taint it in somehow or another? Hmm. Anyways, you have this protagonist, Archer, and a slew of other cast characters that <laughs> show, I guess, the office workings of spy life in the sense because the first pilot episode of archer is literally him trying to check to effectively destroy his expenditures because he is extravagant in what he spends his money on for you know things this isn't a true true episode at first we're not gonna go through the pilot go watch it yourself yeah exactly that's just to give you a taste of what they start off with and where they go from there it's impressive and, you know, saying it's like, oh, yeah, it's a it's a goofy uh, spy satire. Maybe mm-hmm. we, maybe that's what we call it. I don't know. I think yeah. I think the office life of a spy is like a really good like, that's it. That's that's what it is primarily. At least for the first couple of seasons. And then they amp up everything as time goes on. And they do like a surprisingly good job with character development for yeah. the most part. Archer starts off as this just selfish asshole. and. Not, I'm not saying he's redeemable necessarily, but he has such interesting character growth and character episodes too, where you realize, oh, there's a fucking reason he's an asshole. This doesn't excuse it, but you mm-hmm. get like actual tangible reasons. And a lot of this stuff, it doesn't really ever get resolved either. Like he never knows who his father is. That is a mystery that runs yeah, throughout the entire yeah. show. He just does not know who his father is. I feel like they have to announce that kind of in like this last season, right? Or are they just going to leave it dangling? <laughs> so I think they won't because, of it, again, as I was trying to find this interview with Reed, like, why the fuck did he leave? Like, there's no, besides him saying, I don't want to. Like, I, I, there wasn't really, even that I don't want to wasn't super tangible. It's just like, I don't think I'm going to write for season 11. And there's been like yeah. nothing since season 10 interviewing Adam Reed. But what he said is that he really enjoys writing anticlimactic jokes or mm-hmm. anticlimactic storylines, which is in part why he like kind of ends shows, right? He yeah. he likes taking it to the, to a point and then not following through because he thinks that's hilarious. He thinks that makes a joke that much stronger. So I think... Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was going to say they already did that effectively, too, <laughs> when he's in his like, not in his first or not in his actual coma, but when he's poisoned by the snake in his taint and everything like that. And they're like, oh, we're going to show the dad. Nope. Ah! <laughs> gotcha. A hundred percent. One hundred percent. And like, that's really, I think, the last time we ever really hear about the dad storyline, yeah. too. Yeah. So and you see that like kind of reoccur over and over again. There's like these really big plot points. And then they just never you feel like they never get resolved. It's because they don't. And Adam Reed did that on purpose. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, I could argue is either lazy writing 
or genius. Like, it depends. Right. And the thing I have is, since Adam Reed's not writing, they might go ahead and still reveal the dad somehow or another in this last season. You never know. Maybe. We'll Maybe there's how- an unspoken word where Adam was like, don't you dare fucking give him a father figure or give him a father in this season. <laughs> I'm really curious to see how this season ends. And mm-hmm. I don't know. Do we want to talk about this opening for the season? Do we want to talk about like everything that's built up to the season? How do we, <sighs> where do we start? I guess, I mean, since we're doing a rerun with the new season just premiering, they came out with two episodes. So I guess we could talk about the two episodes. Okay. Why don't we just start from there? <laughs> Okay, yeah. So, I, again, I don't really want to do a big summary of them, necessarily. Yeah. I go watch them. The amazing thing is, it's the first time we're actually able to watch Archer fucking live. Usually what would happen is that it would come out, you'd get that for two months on TV, and then it would take a whole year to hit Netflix. So you wouldn't see yep. it for a year if you missed it. You know, mm-hmm. classic, classic streaming back in the day, because this is season 11. This means the show's been yeah. on for 11 fucking years. Yeah. It was a big thing like back in college for us because we would like we had three seasons like, ah, shit, we got to wait. And then FX rolls it out another year afterwards. And now with Hulu, it's great. But it's last fucking season, right? Yeah. Because now Hulu and FX have their thing. But so now you can watch the first two episodes. And as the show continues to come out, you get to watch it a day or two after it airs on TV. So Mm -hmm. there's that. But yeah, Archer wakes up from his coma, Mm -hmm. which happens after he heroically basically takes a bullet. And that episode two, it's it's the last episode of season eight, the death, death velvet, dead velvet, something like that. Yeah. And it's like, again, one of those like strange, but amazingly written Archer story arcs. I'm like, oh shit, mm-hmm. he's actually kind of like a real fucking human being sometimes. Mm-hmm. Goes into coma. Next three seasons are him in coma land. He wakes up and season or episode one, it's just him uh, realizing everyone's better off without him. I just love the entire opening scene because I was like... I swear to God, that is definitely Lana and Cyril. And sure enough, it was because I was like, that's going to be the shock factor is the the person fighting and jumping is Cyril. And I was like, yeah, they're going to give that to him. <laughs> and yeah, they're so like a, such a cohesive functioning thing, because literally the thing that disrupts the mission is the news that Archer's a, a, awake. <laughs> mm-hmm. So literally the phone call like, hey, Archer's awake. And they're like, he's already fucking our shit up again. <laughs> And I just, it's its something so very real in a way, right? That, like, I think it's like humankind's biggest worry sometimes in, in your circle group, or your circle group, your friend circle, that you leave and, oh shit, they actually are kind of better off without you. Mm. That's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. Especially with this show, with, with espionage and, you know, they're all tactical now, because Archer was not... Mm, Subtle, I guess you could say. He never was. Screaming in a never. bar. I'm the world's best top secret agent. Yeah. I I um I guess the other thing to note too about the season is that he is actually considered uh disabled now due to to nerve damage. Nerve damage, yeah. So it's not only a serial badass, it's like he's more badass than Archer because of the coma for three years, his his nerves atrophied, right? Mm-hmm. So again, I'll be curious to see if we end up because uh, we've had cyborgs, we've had so much shit come in here. I'm like, how? Why is he walking around with a fucking cane? Well, see, they made it best because of his, you know, his thing against robots. So no way he in his life would ever Fair. have cyborg parts because 
Barry. We have the whole episode where he was going to crash into the room when Ray was getting his robot legs and everything like that. That's fair. There's I forgot so about that. Yeah. So, I mean, no way he'd be caught dead. But that cane is super sick. I love it. <laughs> the cane like, that matches to his brainwave so that we can like help him like move around and shit. Yeah. So it's like better synced and everything. Mm-hmm. I just love that it's, you know, a tool like he's finally got his like official spy gadget, like any 007 movie with like, you know, the laser pans and like, you know, the assault car and shit like that. Mm-hmm. But now he's got a cane that has, you know, tasers and knockout gas. <laughs> it's good shit. Yeah. I'm trying to think, like, yeah, what other gadgets? I, I think of the, the pen, the car, which, of course, when he got the spy car, like, that was a big deal. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, he really, you're right, he, like, they, they have their armory, they have the place they can grab stuff, but there's nothing, like, super James Bondy, nothing very yeah. Q-related. They kind of had that for, I think, like, their first season, and then it kind of stopped after that. It was just more explosions than anything than, you know, because Archer's not like that. <laughs> just blow shit up. One thing I'd also argue is that Archer kind of notoriously has poor season openers, mm-hmm. particularly after like season two. I was like, oh, it's a it's an Archer premiere. Like I have never been a huge fan of them. This one I was really surprised by how much I liked it. Yeah, it was well done. I again, I almost cried, but I think yeah. also some of that's the impact. Like, oh god, this is the last one we're getting. Mm-hmm. But then episode two goes into typical Archer shenanigans. So he has accepted yeah. that he's going to be the support role and that they're going on this mission and he's still learning how things are changing, how they're more efficient. And as he continues to like just be Archer, like everyone remembers, oh yeah, no, uh, there's more fun ways to do things. We can go on a mission drunk. Uh, <laughs> one of my favorite new jokes is new, better Cheryl. New, better Cheryl. New, that better lasted, Cheryl. <laughs> that lasted the whole two episodes. <laughs> They knew that was not going to be a, yeah. a joke. Though. I was just like, no, I can't see Cheryl being like this right now. Ever. Ever. But it's a good, like, like her nameplate even has the new, better sticky note yeah. Cheryl on it. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I thought that was a nice touch. I just want to know what kind of therapy or like medication route she was on to get to that like level of calm per se. Still making snarky remarks, but not outlandish. <laughs> Lithium, probably. Yeah, probably. Maybe a slight, you know, electro lobotomy or something like that. Oh, goodness. I, like, I guess that's like really all we have so far is episode one and two, which again, two kind of goes back to Archer shenanigans, what you'd expect mm-hmm. in early Archer. Yeah, and I just like that it's, you know, this big old karate like deathmatch underground fight like street fighter style and it just reminds me of like the bruce lee movies like you know enter the fist and everything like that just like mm, we're there's a tournament and we're gonna fight and then it's like but we'll just shoot people <laughs> <laughs> everything goes off the rails they have a perfectly set in motion plan we actually know what the plan going in is and then all goes to shit. <laughs> as it does, as is Archer tendencies, right? Mm-hmm. What I find amazing is uh, watching these later seasons, but knowing that this is going to be you know, one of the last seasons, and seeing how far the animations come. Yeah. I just recently rewatched all the 1999 season because I hadn't finished that, and then they wake him up at the end of that last season, and yeah, they kind of have a flashback of all the animation style, and it's more stiff and just mouth-forming. At the beginning, very much like Frisky Dingo was with just like pin joints and everything. And then like season two and three, that's when they get like 
I think, more money for their budget. And that's mm-hmm. when they start getting more a- animated, obviously. It's amazing where they've come so far. Well, again, 11 years. That's yeah. just a technology alone, besides just talent, but like technology alone. I, I think the, the beginning season of it was very much like you said, Frisky Dingo. There was, there was an artistic style, there was an artistic brand that was attached to Adam Reed that carried in. And then as they got more funding, they were able to amp it up some and i think it's mm-hmm. different than say like red versus blue right red versus blue right. was just the the fucking film capture of the game and them using their joysticks and etc to kind of make the actions happen and then they moved into a full-on animation studio and yeah. i remember thinking when that happened like for myself i was like oh man they sold out like for me it, it wasn't a good improvement i stopped watching red versus blue somewhere after at some point yeah same i i mean i still go back every now and then but they have you know interesting things that they do yeah and and but when archer started changing it was it was a gradual change i think that's the other thing too is like you can tell it's a gradual change then at some point like oh shit there's actually a scene god i wish i could remember what episode it is but it's lana's falling out of a window and she's following like head over tea kettle and screaming for archer and archer jumps after her and that whole scene i just remember sitting there with like my jaw dropped like this animation is gorgeous just great crisp Mm -hmm. crisp and just Quick and just amazing, yeah. I, I mean, I'm I'm really curious to see where the season goes. Mm-hmm. I don't Me really too. have any predictions. I I honestly have no idea how they can how they can end it. I mean, I I get that they can, just I don't know right what the overall completion will be. Yeah, and the nice thing about Archer is, unless it's like us, a, a legitimate like part one, two, and three, every episode is like. For the most part, self-contained. Mm-hmm. There may be a couple of jokes that they carry on through the rest of the season, but for the most part, you know that's why it's hard to predict. Is oh, what kind of episode are they going to do? I did see through Hulu though that they have like the synopsis of the next two episodes, and Barry's coming back like for of episode course. four, and it sounds like there's an army of berries or something Fuck. like that. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh god, this is perfect because. <laughs> Obviously, in Dreamland, Barry's been the foil for Archer for, like, every one of those mm-hmm. in, in some sense or another, so. There was a point where Walmart had a red jumpsuit, or not jumpsuit, a red tracksuit, and I'm like, I could mm, cross-play could. fucking could do Barry. It. You <laughs> this could was do a few it. years ago, and I was, I once, I was bummed, I was bummed I didn't get it, because I'm like, oh, that's such an easy, such an easy fucking cross-play to do. Yeah. Would have been good. Would have been so good. Hey, maybe you'll have to get it for for the finale. <laughs> I I tend to be pretty sentimental and aware and remember a lot of like feelings and where I was when I started watching shows, at least mm-hmm. ones that have like a big impact on me, right? Yeah. And Archer's one of those shows for me. But do you remember when you were like really started watching Archer or like how you got into Archer? Uh yeah, I I f- I remember it fairly vividly in the sense that it was right when I was starting college, like it was my freshman year and I was hanging out with a bunch of floor mates and everything and <laughs> it doesn't age well anymore, but like the two shows that we were watching at that time were <laughs> Blue Mountain State and <laughs> Archer, very much like the Dufrat because it was FX at the time and everything like that mm-hmm. and Spike TV, I think blue mountain state show was on but very much the dubro frat shows that everyone loved even though it had some highbrow humor in it and everything like that so at least with archer um but yeah i remember i think we watched like the first two or three episodes 
And this was actually, I think, right around when it came out, because this was like 10 years ago, 10, 11 years ago, <laughs> funny enough. So just crazy. But but yeah, it was it was right around that when college and we were just watching in a buddy's uh, uh, dorm room. And yeah, we watched like the first two or three episodes that were out at the time and we were laughing our asses off. Nice. Yeah. I was working at the comic shop mm-hmm. and we had a TV. And I think maybe I saw a commercial or two on, on TV at home, too. But I remember specifically, because it was, it's that episode two or three where Sterling is trying to teach Cyril how to be an agent. Training day, episode two. It's okay, I figure it's episode two. I, mm-hmm. but, and I remember seeing the, the commercial for it on, while at work. And I was like, fuck, this show's going to go far. I was 16 years old, but I was watching the show. I'm like, this is going to be an amazing show. I remember some people were like, oh, yeah, it looks okay. I'm like, no, you don't understand. This is, this is quality right here. It makes me almost wonder if I could find like the the trailer promo they had for episode two. But, right. Yeah. Uh, I just remember thinking, "Holy shit, this is this is gonna be good." And so um, I know I was watching it when I could, but I didn't get like mm, college when I, when I went to college a few years later. Mm-hmm. A lot of the people that I ended up connecting with was fraternities, fucking Greek life. But saying, "Oh yeah, no, I really like Archer." And that like got you into so many circles real quick. And there mm-hmm. were fucking Archer watch parties at houses yep. and um all that nonsense. So like for me it was it was a way that helped me really make friends, even though, you know, college friends were a fucking mistake. Uh <laughs> but it was it was such a growth period too. And I don't know, I just it was it was one of the shows that I knew would go well, do well. And oh, listen, okay. Quick pause. If you ever hear me see a commercial, primarily TV, but it also works for movies, and I say, fuck, that's going to be a good show, you fuckers need to listen to me. Because I also <laughs> said that about the very first commercial I ever saw about The Good Place before they was even airing. I like yeah. saw, saw a commercial, I'm like, mm-hmm. that show is going to be amazing. And it's going to get, and it I, I thought it was going to get canceled before before it's time, but they did, they got their, Thank everything God, they deserved. Thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Trust me. Trust me, I know good shit. I might. I might criticize a lot of shit here, but I, I assure you, I know when gold's going to happen. I should be in Hollywood. Yeah, you should. <laughs> should be recommending good shows like Midnight Texas. Yeah, exactly. Who? Yeah. How could that possibly fail? How could have that gone wrong? I feel like you're so bitter about Midnight Texas. Eh. Do you want to talk just about it? Not, no, we're talking about Archer. I don't <laughs> want to talk about Midnight Texas again. <laughs> Uh, I guess, well, I think we kind of had some questions that we were going to ask and everything like yeah. that. But the one thing, I guess, it's not necessarily per se a question, but what do you think about like how when did when you saw the voice actors in real life for the first time compared to their counterparts? How how did you like connect the two like per se? Because obviously like H. John Benjamin does not look anything like Sterling Archer. <laughs> So it um it was fifty fifty for me, right? Because I obviously I'm a huge Russell Development fan, so I already knew about Judy Greer and mm-hmm. Jessica Walter. So like mm-hmm. I already had those faces yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to be mean, but I was a little disappointed when I learned what each drama picture looked like. Uh, <laughs> um, but that voice is beautiful. Same thing when I learned what Master Chief looks like. I was like, oh wow. Oh man. Oh, yeah. Mm. Again, not unfortunate. Just not that does not meet the uh, mystique. That they portray, yeah. um, but now for because of Archer, I now recognize Benjamin. Like whenever he's guesting at anything, I'm like, yep. oh fuck, it's Archer. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. downside of of 
being that prolific of a, yeah. of a voice actor. Yeah. And not really changing it too much, right? Like, we see voice actors, I'm not gonna say he's any less talented, but, like, voice actors who can pitch and, like, be in a bunch of different stuff you never know. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, shit, that was so-and-so. But he, like, does the same delivery. Yep, same same deadpan voicing and everything like that, and, and high-level yelling and stuff like that. But otherwise, like, I I kind of know voice actors don't aren't, aren't, like, superstars, right? Mm-hmm. I thought that more of them would be based off of, like, the way the characters did look, though. Mm-hmm. But not really. I think... I look at it kind of like, you know, the show was kind of like their perfect versions of what they think they look like in their head, you know, type thing. <laughs> so, like, each one of those people, like, I, I've seen Aisha Taylor, and she is a very funny comedian. That's right. And, yeah. yeah, and I know her, and I'm just like... Also on Friends. Yeah. And just the way, like, they deliver lines. And I think it's kind of funny because she makes fun a lot about how she has, like, small breasts and everything like that. And then she's playing this character that just is made fun of with nothing but having large breasts. And so I think it's just, like, them exaggerating their characteristics that they're either insecure about or something like that. And just going from there. Have you looked up the photos of the the actual models that they use? Mm Mm-mm. Yeah, there's actually, like, reference photos of the people that inspired, like, the artwork of it. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. That's cool. See, I haven't gotten that far yet, but... And then the other reason for that question was because those obviously were, like, set in stone, but whenever they have, per se, like, guest stars on their show, Mm -hmm. they're the exact replica of what they look like in, like, obviously. And one, because some of them actually play themselves, too. It's just funny, because, like, in that first season, we have... Or, I mean, not in the first season, in the first episode of this new season. Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis. And, ah, oh, God, I'm spacing on his name. I see him in so much things. Um, I didn't realize it was the second one. Lana's husband. Oh. Um, he's he's Ned the Head from, like, Groundhog Day. And I've seen him in, like, Heroes and stuff like that. He's, I've seen him in a lot of stuff. And I could, like, point him out. But I just can't remember his name. It's like, Okay. I'll do I, the searching real quick. <laughs> I saw that at the end of episode two of this new season, they did an in-memoriam for Rob Liebman. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, who the fuck is this? And that was uh, that was Cadillac Ron. Yeah, yeah, Ron Cadillac. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. what I didn't realize was that's actually Jessica Walter's husband, or was her husband. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So it's a little mm-hmm. bit like the uh, Kristen Bell, Max Shepard. Yeah. Uh, like, where they sometimes just end up playing yeah each other's you know spouses mm-hmm. and everything like that but yeah so i guess yeah. they were actually married in real life and yeah that's why they, so a they have the in, in memory because he was in the show but like that's mm-hmm. also why it's pretty quiet afterwards i think it's just kind of really paying tribute to yeah not just him, him but her her work as well yeah it was a very yeah because i noticed that and i was like oh and i saw that and i was like i know that guy's been in this show obviously and that's you know they're in memoriam and him and tributing to him so yeah that's crazy i I, for a moment i thought it was woodhouse i was like no because they did their Mm. memorial for woodhouse during dreamland yeah oh uh on the note of the other special guest robert is his name which is steven tablowski yeah like i said he's the insurance guy in groundhog day he's (laughs) he's in Spaceballs. he's in memento he's in a bunch of things but yeah, um, off center, a bunch of other things, but yeah. 
So I know you asked me, but like I, I think you probably will have a stronger opinion. Do you have a favorite guest star? Mm, maybe Burt Reynolds. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe Burt Reynolds or <laughs> or Jeffrey Tambor in like the first couple of seasons. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. They know how to get good cast members on there. And I and I was thinking about that. Like I pro- I like proposed that question, but I was like, crap, I don't remember how many guest stars they've had on this show at, at any given time. And I meant to look it up too. Guest stars for me are so hit and miss. I'm not like a big Easter egg guest star kind of person. Right. Like it doesn't make or break a show for me. I couldn't pick one because like that had such a little impact. The only thing I mm-hmm. could think of was Kristen Shaw and Eugene Merman for the sea hunt. Mm-hmm. And it's just because it's fucking them. I think Eugene Merman is a fantastic comedian. Kristen Shaw's hilarious and everything that she's in too. Mm-hmm. At the same, like that was the height. That's when when Bob's Burgers was really starting to kick off. As yeah, the same time as Archer was mm-hmm. and getting the crossover. Because well, because well, wasn't it also wasn't that the same season? Obviously, that the like that season opener was actually that he was pretending to be Bob effectively. I don't. Or was think it so. like I think that happened later. It was no, I think it happened before because it the reason he got went into that amnesia fugue state was because Rob Cadillac married his mother. And I think I'll that was before the sea tent. I think yeah, I think it was before that, but I I can't tell. I guess I have it technically the IMDB for Archer pulled up here. Do your research audience before you start talking, right? So Sea Tent was episode four or season four, episode twelve. Then season four opener yeah it was fugue and riffs so he was bob in that first one and then yeah then they ended with the other voice actors from that so it was a bob's burger season (laughs) for some reason i thought it was that and then the next season started with the fugue state but i stand corrected yeah i think before that it was uh i think the season before that was were they in space no they had the heart of archness for like their opener and then and then it was the space space and then they went to the bob's burger episode so much stuff. <laughs> I also—that's gonna be another question I was gonna ask. Like, hey, what was your favorite story arc? But there is just so much. And There's so much. I can tell you my least favorite. I can tell you my least favorite fucking season. Yeah, what was your least favorite season? I've been on record of this multiple places. I will stand on the soapbox. I fucking hated Vice. I hated it really i hate vice because guess what here's the thing the big thing about vice the big thing about vice was that they were trying to target the audience of the very difficult to gain audience of male viewers between the ages of 18 and 38 (laughs) which meant that they dumped down the show yeah i can see that i don't know i guess i don't good the the he, this is when Adam Reed started getting bored. It's on record that this was the time where he started getting bored, mm. so he was just throwing shit at the wall to have fun again. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of the highbrow humor left. Again, my favorite fucking highbrow joke was uh, God, I can't remember the episode either, but it's Bartleby the Scrivener. I'd rather not, and I just remember saying that I'm like, fuck, that is something that you have had to be a an English major, an honors <laughs> English student to like fully appreciate. I mean, again, yeah. you, off the cuff, sure, I'm not going to be like gatekeeper, like, haha, you're too dumb to get it. No, just like the, the visceral memory of sitting in class and going over this fucking short story, like, mm-hmm. <sighs> and then Vice hits. 
and you lose so much of that energy. That's and, true. And again, at the time, I was with a sorority, and the sorority and all the girls loved Archer, and unanimously, we all started hating it because it got dumb, and not even like fun mm. dumb, just boring dumb. Yeah, that's fair. I, I mean, I don't think I've got... <sighs> I don't know. I mean, Vice as a whole, I think it was just funny. Yeah. And I can see why they were trying to get the demographic because then Pam gets skinny and everything like that. Mm -hmm. And and it's a whole thing there, too. I think it was an interesting, like, setup and premise. Yeah, maybe just not as executed because that's when they're trying to change the genre up a little bit. And I think that was kind of like the prelude to doing like, you know, these coma coma seasons and stuff like that, because obviously I think that was the first real time that they per se changed the opening credits and everything like that. And so, you know, changing up the formula almost. I'm just over here mad at the, the whole Cheryl country star storyline. Like, what the fuck was that? What the fuck was it? Yeah. Why? What? What is it? Just it? there. It's, it's just, just no substance. Have. It's just there. It's just fucking context to have Cheryl running around Daisy Dukes. And listen, I get it. She is definitely a promiscuous woman. And that is something I will give credit to the shows. For the most part, all the women have a healthy sex drive. And they have different interests. Maybe not always consensually <laughs> given, but there's at least an interest. And even showing the fact that there is an older woman who has a sex drive that is active continually throughout all this. And it's not shamed yep. for it ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, okay shamed by by her son but everyone else is like it's fine like yeah she's she's a human and i mean you also i think that was also one of the best growing points of this show too is the relationship between archer and mallory is the sense that they have a very deep-rooted complex relationship being Mm -hmm. mother and son he he still sees her as her mother also hates that too but anything like obviously like you said sexually driven he's like ready to vomit out which we saw like in this it's like oh they're putting fingers in like each other's mouths and he has to puke at that so he still yeah yeah he just he still can't get around that but i think that was something else too with like that closing of like the 1999 season was like the real stories about us archer or sterling and he's like no, no, it's not. <laughs> I like that, really, though. really, it is. Yeah. I, I think the ending of 1999, even though I didn't like 1999 as a whole, yeah, nothing beats my vehement, despicable, despising disgust of Vice. I didn't, wasn't a huge fan of 1999. But that fucking finale, holy shit. Mm-hmm. I, I remember sitting there thinking, what a curveball. And it basically ends with him dying again. All these coma seasons end mm-hmm. with him dying and kind of going into a new new chapter. Well, it's always when he's like reached his like peak character development in those seasons because he's always doing something selfless at the end of those mm-hmm. seasons and stuff like that. So that's when he moves on as a sense of like almost even purgatory. <laughs> and, and it's just... It's almost like a clip for for five minutes or so. It's a really mm-hmm. powerful scene where you just kind of see him going through a bunch of different costumes and a bunch of different scenes. And I mean, it's that life flashing before your eyes kind of in a cartoon moment. Yeah. And I, I've only seen it the once because it gets me real good in the feels in a way like I'm getting mm-hmm. goosebumps talking about it right now. Yeah. And it just was so powerful for a show that starts off with the fucking mole and all these horrible raunchy jokes throughout it and you know i was so impressed that they pushed it in a way Mm -hmm. that like okay it's gonna see him off field i promise it's not uh guards of the galaxy 2 Mm -hmm. the coward should have ended it with rocket raccoon crying 
that's where it should have stopped. They should have had nothing in the fucking credits, nothing yep. funny to fix it. They should have stopped that tear going down Rocket's cheek. But mm-hmm. they didn't because they were uncomfortable with the idea of ending a comedy on a serious note. Yep. That didn't happen. End of 1999, we have this like really powerful moment as he's waking up and then he realizes his mom has been in the hotel room, or not the hotel room, has been in the hospital room the entire time he's been there yeah. for three years. And then although, so that's how she was treating when he was in a coma, but now that he's back, it's like, what the fuck ever? There are some weird discrepancies that I hope we get answers of, of like why suddenly people mm-hmm. are not caring that he's back. Yeah. Can we also talk about the fact that they haven't talked about Lana and Archer's baby yet? <laughs> So, fun fact, uh, Spencer actually messaged me before we started recording. He's like, what the fuck happened to the kid? I'm like, I have no idea. No, seriously. No idea. Like, it's like they literally forgot about it. And I think they even kind of had that, you know, at the tail end of 1999 or like in that sequence, too, because I think Archer literally was asking, do I have a kid? Mm Because he had his whole thing flash behind. Yeah. Where where's Abigene in this is. With Lana's parents or something like that? What's going on? Because... Well, she married the guy who's super rich, so maybe it's a nanny. Yeah. But you would think that same discussion he's having with her, pronouncing his love in this new season, that he's like, okay, we don't have to we don't have to be in love. I want to see my kid. Like, yeah. where did all that development go? Uh, well, and it, it really struck... I mean, okay. In the sense of, yeah, being in a coma for three years, you kind of move on. But she said, like, in eight months, she moved on. And in the oh, sense so that weird. I'm like... And in the sense, like the two years, the two seasons prior to the coma sequences, they were actually like, for the most part, a cohesive couple. Like when they were working for the CIA, they actually, you know, had several episodes dedicated to them getting away from everything and Archer trying to make, you know, Lana happy. And I don't remember everything that happened in like the PI season that may have led to this. I don't know if they ended on that note, but it's like, Eight months? I mean... I have a theory. Yeah. I don't think it's genuine. Um, I, I yeah. think she... Eight months is a really quick time. Uh, mm-hmm. It's someone who's not at all like Archer. It's someone who can take care of her. But um, they're arguing that they're the same people. So it's like... <laughs> we'll see. It's <laughs> Maybe maybe that's the end game is maybe this is a... You know, maybe she is undercover, you know... Oh, I don't even think it's that. that. I think it's just a much more basic human emotion of he may never wake up again and I need comfort. I need love. And here's this individual who can give that to me right now. And then she marries him and then it's like, oh, fuck. Well, I have no doubt that she probably isn't happy. But my guess is here mid to end of season, mid to end of season, we will see her being like, actually, nope, I I fucking love you. I, I, it's the, it's been the off and on again, right? I hate you, but mm-hmm. I love you. And I think they'll yeah. end up being like an actual thing by the end of it. Uh, Lana was the tasty coma wife, like in Scrubs. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh huh. hundred percent. Yep. Oh, God damn it. I was actually uh, thinking of Scrubs today too. Talking to Kyle, but I was feeling a little spicy today. I was a little cranky. Oh, yeah? And I told him my nuggety center was filled with fire ants today. Mm. And then, you know, there's no nuggety center. People are just bastard covered Bastard covered ba- <laughs> bastards with bastard filling. Yep, 100%. It was one of those kind of days. Yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, no, I think, I think right now we have a lot more questions because it's the beginning of the season. But I think, particularly since Adam Reed isn't writing it, I don't think we'll be left with a cliffhanger. I think we'll get some answers, not all answers. Right. And, yeah. I, I get really curious where the fuck the kid is. 
yeah really curious that, i was like not that i cared about well i mean it, it's it was character development in the sense that they have a kid together. And I was like, you guys just drop that. Okay, sure. Like I get forgetting like loose ends or threads that you may have had in prior seasons. That baby was kind of a big deal for like the last couple of seasons before the coma episodes. And granted, they didn't have any baby mention in any of the dream sequences. So Until maybe, yeah. maybe archers completely forgotten about the baby. I, I don't know. Maybe that's why they're not bringing it up yet until, you know, a later episode or something. Who knows? There's something about storytelling, too, right? So as you're going through this character development of a relationship, there's the flirtation, there's the courtship, there's the marriage. And then once they have the baby, usually that's like the dead end point for a lot of story writing is that mm-hmm. then their parents, that's like the end of it, right? Sometimes the story even transitions to the kid itself. Yeah. Uh, so babies kind of tend to be a dead end writing spot. And particularly as they go into this next season where they are starting off, if it's just high drama point, a lot of adult tension, there's no room for a fucking baby to make that interesting. Like, yeah. there's they, they don't need the baby as a plot device anymore. Yeah. So again, at, at the very least, I hope we get some kind of nod or single line of dialogue yeah, that explains just a throwaway it. line that's like, oh, don't worry, Abigene's with my family or something like that. And I think episode two when when of this new season when Archer's like, yeah, I get it. It doesn't exactly meet with your avoid me plan. She's like, I'm not I'm not avoiding you. I think he, there could have been the additional dialogue. Like, you won't even let me see my kid or something like that. And she's yeah. like, the kid's with so-and-so. You would know that if you'd asked. Like, you know, they could have yeah, just done yeah. a, a snip back and forth and that would have yeah. answered it. <laughs> yeah. Or the replacement Woodhouse brings the baby home or something like that. <laughs> or yeah. they're just like in a quick shot or something like that. Or even fucking Mallory being like, I haven't seen the kid. Or yeah. I, I, I take the kid every Sunday to do this thing. Like, there's mm-hmm. nothing. Mm-hmm. My guess is the kid probably lives with her parents. I'm guessing. I'm hoping. <laughs> it, but yeah. So you said least favorite is obviously Vice. And to be honest, it's Vice, like season five through season seven. As I was trying to go through and look like what my favorite episodes are, those for me are the weakest seasons. I, I haven't gone back to watch most of them. I don't think I've... I think I watched... I think the season after that was the CIA season. Yeah, that bored me too. I saw like, may I think I've only seen all those episodes once, except maybe like the tail end of of the last season or something like mm-hmm. that. I think I I just enjoyed the premise because this show is great about throwing back, and there's the whole discussion about where does this take place in timeline wise because. There's a lot of 80s references and technologies from like yeah, 50s on. Archer is ecstatic about certain like 80s references, 90s references, but it doesn't go past 2000. And I think that what I love is when they do those parody episodes of like anything like, you know, that was a big kind of blockbuster. So you have, you know, them you know diving in getting shrunk and put it in a body you've got like you know moonraker style espionage going on predator predator obviously the seasons where it's like you know the indiana jones style or noir or Mm. you know all those things they've they even made a reference to the fucking sphere like you know book and movie in 1999 like the cube they find and then like carol gets like sucked into it and everything like that that is a direct reference to sphere from freaking michael crichton like that is a reference that i was like they made that <laughs> the one that got me real good here was this episode one this new season fucking sleestack 
Yeah. Land of the Lost is like one of my favorite, favorite fucking, uh, hot, I won't even say like, <sighs> I love hearing it referenced. I adore mm-hmm. hearing it referenced. It is. It puts a smile on my face. And I'm like, is Kaylee like a sleep snack? I'm like, oh my God, he did it. He Amazing. Did it. <laughs> Amazing. Brilliant. And like we said, like the, the blood sploosh episode is a direct, like, I think it's very much a, you know, kind of Bruce Lee style, you know, karate combat or martial arts combat tribute heart of archness has that entire you know pirates and you know seafare seaplane fairing you know fight to it and they have so much good stuff man it's it's good so obvious question but who's your favorite character (sighs) however let me go ahead and put an asterisk while you think on this (laughs) yes i have decided that there's a difference in archer between your favorite character and the character that you think gives the show life like what you would like the character you would mm, die for interesting there's a difference do you want me to explain where my difference is yeah let's let's see yours <laughs> okay so my favorite character is gillette okay. every scene he's in makes me giggle there's not a single line Ray that he gillette. gives that does not like make me ha ha that's so funny mm-hmm. the character that brings the show to life for me though like i and i, I look forward to i can't wait to hear what's going to happen next is cheryl mm. Okay. And then on a third level, because I can't just stop there, <laughs> no. um, there's characters that I love hearing are other people's favorites. So Krieger and Pam are very, very strong characters. And like I forget how good they are until I hear someone else be passionate about them. And I'm like, fuck, you're right. Those are good characters. Uh, so I may have gone as Halloween one year as Krieger. And I had... <laughs> and I had my... Uh, God, it was it was just the I think they only ever used the joke once, but he's got his freaking tea that's like acid tea or LSD tea, so it's LST. LST. And I had a box of that going around with me, and I had tea bags that I would hand out to people downtown. Nice. And no one understood it. Welcome to Fort Kickass. Yes. Yes. So I I would probably have to say one of my favorite I think one of my favorite characters is Krieger. Just in the sense of, like, he's batshit crazy. You know, any of, like, outside of, like, probably the main four characters of this show, they're all Looney Tunes. Cheryl, Krieger, Pam, you know, Cyril even has his moments. But, I mean, beyond that, like, everyone on the outside of, like, the Mallory, Archer, and Lana circle, they're insane. Like, <laughs> that's that's about it. But, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think as for the person that gives the show life, it probably would, un- in my opinion, be Lana, just because she is so driven to prove herself like around all these people. And then when she messes up, it's the best comedic effort on that end, because no one is going to stop giving her shit for it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it was a self-fulfilling prophecy at that point. Everyone's like, you're going to fuck up. And she does everything in her power not to. And she still fucks up because of something someone else did. Or Archer, you know, redirects it on her and deflects it back. So. That's fair. Mm-hmm. I am. Um, I've always wanted to like Lana more. Not that I've actively disliked her. But it's one of those characters for me that, like, has always been very background for me. Mm-hmm. That, like, for me, it felt like she was more often serve the purpose of a romantic interest. And I'm like, yeah, ah, she's too... That's fair. Eh, uh, and then thing. they make her, quote, baby crazy a lot of the times, and so there leads to that. But 
I don't know. I think I just really like in a supporting role, like when <laughs> when they do terms of enrampagement, she's there helping him get his revenge on these people that have, you know, made counterfeit chemo drugs and everything. And she ends up getting high because she ended up in the hot box with Archer the entire time. She's like, oh, I'm high. <laughs> Shit. I have that down for my least favorite episodes. What? I love Terms of Enrampagement, but that's also because I'm a dude, so... And, you know, there's something about that where I feel like there's a lot of hype behind that episode, but most of the hype mm-hmm. comes from, from my guy friends, and I'm like, I got nothing about this. It just kind of like, makes me sad. I don't know. <laughs> um, I do love the family feud gag they use in that <laughs> survey says. Oh, blown neen cap, sorry. <laughs> Oh, you got two strikes on the board and the janitors can steal after this. (laughs) I'm trying to think, because let's see. I guess that's the other thing is, what are some of the best gags, I guess, that you absolutely love through the show? There's obviously a lot of highbrow humor, but they know what kind of gags to use as, like, you know, terminology, I guess, or phrasing, if you will. (laughs) I think a lot of the best gags for me came from season one. Mm-hmm. And like, I, cause I started writing them down and a lot of the best gags came into stuff that also I end up adopting in my real life, right? Stuff yep. that I either say out loud or mentally because I don't think anyone's actually going to understand the context. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, so when something vaguely, uh, in, uh, not insignificant, uh, when something goes wrong, but like just, just minor, but it feels like a major issue. It's like, oh yeah. And the cap falls off for literally no reason. Like <laughs> that is one of those things that goes through my brain. I say whenever there's a slight inconvenience and the cap falls off for like no reason. Um, <laughs> I think phrasing, sploosh, like those are two things that got carried on, obviously. I um, I carry through my life womp womp a lot. Womp womp? Like, I forgot <laughs> that womp womp started with that fucking show. Like, yeah. Womp womp. Womp womp. Uh, and then stuff like black, slightly darker black. Yep. When I'm like putting away my clothes and here's my black shirt black and my shirt, slightly, slightly darker, darker black. black shirt. And now I'm out of slightly darker black. I think there's just so many great jokes that first episode alone. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think it's an amazing pilot. That's one of those shows or one of the episodes I would show to people to get them into the show. I've watched it so much that now, like, I don't really like it because I, at least for a while, they're like, I knew every beat of that. You got, you got burnt out by it. Yeah. But I I still think it's a great pilot. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think those are some of the, the most common gags. I'm trying to think of other ones that are. The one I really enjoy too is. And we haven't heard it for a while. Obviously, they kind of go callback. And maybe that's also the... Th- I mean, that's on the downside of Vice was they replaced phrasing with why aren't we using phrasing anymore? Are we not using phrasing anymore? I don't Are know. That not- was one of the few things I liked about I mean, it. I mean, that's great. But at the same time, it's like... Yeah, I mean, it's it's a spin on a different flavor of it. So, yeah. I, I really enjoy inapropes. <laughs> inapropes. Inapropes. Um... I'm not sure if you know this about Kyle, but he can do a really good Cyril impersonation. Yes. Uh, so, you know, these are just qualities that make him stay as like an amazing friend. Everyone could be friends with Kyle. Um, but <laughs> one that goes between him and I, which now is, I don't know, it's just, what are you doing? Just jacking it. Like that. Just jacking it. Just jacking it. Like, <laughs> and again, he can do that. And then he'll quickly follow it up with. Like the when, when Archer's trying to get him to say his name, I'm a huge fan of cock, and my name is Cyril, Cyril Vegas. <laughs> You'll have to ask him to do it sometime. It is oh, very God, good. Yes. Um, 
But yeah, no, I also, because again, we'll be playing Dead by Daylight, right? And he's fixing a generator. What are you doing? I'm just jacking it. Thanks, Just Kyle. jacking it. Thanks, dude. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think a lot. <sighs> just trying to think of other ones that really stuck out. I'm a fan of also, you know, whenever Ray or anyone else is slighted, they go, you know, <laughs> you know. Ugh. I just love the show. <laughs> I need to go back and just rewatch it all now again. I, I wish did I... that with like last okay. couple of seasons, but I haven't gone back from the beginning. I haven't recently. Uh, usually, binging shows like Archer, Arrested Development, Firefly, those come with a special level of depression. Like in the seven layer yeah. dip, that is depression. That's pretty deep down. I haven't been there in a while, thank goodness. <laughs> American Horror Story. That's it. Again, if whoever hears that I'm binging American Horror Story, check in on me. Oh. Just, just, just if, say, see how I'm doing. If you hear me uh, binging BoJack Horseman, that's a that's a check in one. <laughs> I shit you not. I was walking to the metro today, and I'm like, hmm, I think I'm just just the right level of depressed to start watching BoJack again. <laughs> no. Like I shit you not. That was a thought I had today. No, it's so I can't remember what. It, this is another tangent, but there was another. I think it was like the third or fourth season of BoJack, but I had a manic episode going on so i was cleaning house like heavy duty like vacuuming and cleaning house while that was going on i sat down i watched two episodes and just like that i was in the depression slump. i was like oh no oh here we go i shouldn't have put this on while while doing activities something that does not need to make the cut but i just think of the fucking tiktok i sent you of like the guy laying in bed yeah. the depression episode that's lasted for days and then slowly opens the door and he starts dancing the yeah. manic episode that's about to hit yeah no i say that in my favorites <laughs> it's so good yeah. I, oh goodness yeah I, um i guess like one of my other favorite gags is it comes from my favorite episodes it's when ray goes to visit his brother um with with Cheryl acting as his wife, mm-hmm. and we find out they're swingers, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, why do you look so nonplussed?" Oh, well, I just didn't think you had, you didn't know the meaning to this other word, uh, which of course, what the fuck is it? Yeah, uh, let's see uh, here. Nonplussed. I didn't think you knew what the uh, amenable. I didn't think you knew what the word amenable meant until you followed up with nonplus. <laughs> like that's that's what it was. I, I don't know uh, when people use fancy words. I guess it's like I didn't know you knew the meaning of that word. No mm. kissing. That's the strangest rule. That's the strangest rule. <laughs> that's a strong, strong episode. Yeah. I think that um, Los Scandalo. Los Scandalo is one of those ones that when I'm having yeah. a rough day and I just need to sit down and watch like twenty minutes of TV. Los Scandalo is one that gets me every time. I think I enjoy. It was an episode we watched a lot just because it was in the first season and we watched that like on repeat so much. But uh, Diversity Hire, when we oh, get yeah. Con- Conrad introduced. Were you excited to see Conrad back in the season? I was excited. Season? I completely forgot that he had he had his arm cut off like until like. And he I got saw a cyber his... optic arm. Yeah. Yeah. Because I saw that and I was like, oh, shit, that's right. He got his hand cut off. Mm-hmm. And then he got his foot cut off. And I just I was like, oh, this might be worse than the hand. <laughs> you still don't know my real name. And you never will. <laughs> Probably. Oh, goodness. I, what I really liked about that, that second season is bringing back Fighty Pam. In general, I, I really like Pam's story arc and particularly her development of a friendship with Archer where they kind of went from yeah. bank bros to just like, buddies i think that's yeah. such a great way to show that not all relationships have to end like a friends with benefits have to be romantically entangled it's yeah. like pam was in there wham bam thank you ma'am 
and use him, abuse him, lose him. And I just, I I really enjoy the bro relationship that they have. I think that's really cool. Yeah. I think that is one of, uh, that's another one uh, of my favorite episodes with Pam when she gets kidnapped and no one's like rescuing her. And then, sure enough, that's the first time we see, like, her back tattoos and everything oh at the end. It's like, anyone else want a piece of this? Yes. <laughs> nope. Pam is an absolute fucking unit. Like. Yes. <sighs> Amazing. So Amazing. good. Uh, but yeah, like, Lil Scandalo, I don't know. I think maybe that's another one that has the pretty good gags of, do you have any potatoes? What is this, Christmas? Like, <laughs> cooking, right? Um, yeah. That's, like, comes up every now and again. <laughs> Don't ask. Don't ask about what? Don't ask. I think or, what I think ahead. one of the things I love too about this show is the quick cuts with a punchline and it goes to like they were using that in the same conversation. Uh-huh. Just the the segue uh transition that way. Dynamite. Love that absolutely. <laughs> they really brought that back for this new season. And again, that's mm-hmm. kind of where like this five to seven period is like they they lost a lot of that magic to me that like made archer mm-hmm. but seasons one through three one through four solid choice yep if you could just and i think skip everything between i think that's the other thing too with like those coma episodes obviously they're very archer focused because it's all in his head he doesn't know what anyone else would do when he's not in the picture so mm-hmm. any cutaways to them you know anyone else in the group other than with his dynamic doesn't have that because unfortunately since it's in his head it's all based off of him and like you said the support cast isn't there to you know pick up the slack unfortunately so going back to something you said earlier about mallory and and archer and the like didn't you know the story's always been about us Mm -hmm. how did you feel about that statement oh or how do you feel about it now well so i i just watched that episode the other day right when i was watching these new episodes because i didn't catch the last half of 1999 until we were going to watch these new ones. Mm-hmm. And that's probably says how strong of a season I thought maybe 1999 <laughs> or any of these dream seasons were that I wasn't excited to like, you know, binge it entirely. But I I think there's some truth to that. Obviously, like it felt to me in a very uncomfortable position, but I think I'm also kind of putting myself in like Archer's shoes in the sense like, Oh, it's, it's not about us or something like that. But, it has a very true ring to it. Like I said, the big circle is Mallory, Archer, and Lana. Those are the... That's unfortunately the weirdest love triangle you can ever be a part of. And they mention that, obviously. Like, go back to the pilot. That's the whole premise is Archer has this weird anti-revulsed or complicated Oedipal complex with his mother. <laughs> And Lana, obviously, being an ex, couldn't stand for it because, like, the only woman that's going to be in your life is your mother. So mm-hmm. it plays on that true. And I think it obviously kind of rang true with that, which is an interesting premise from here on out where she's kind of I don't I think I agree with you in the sense that she was there the whole time. And now she's kind of like, eh, but really, in all the scenes lately, it's been Archer and Mallory like next to each other since he's in a support role he's almost kind of getting this um and maybe this is where they're going to go with it is i think maybe he's getting kind of trained into mallory's position a little bit like Mm -hmm. you know he's going to be on the other side of the desk here shortly 
I, th- um, I think that'd be a great way to end the season if that's how mm-hmm. it ends up going. <laughs> Ten years down the line, it's just him actually in the back, just sipping, you know, scotch and just making fun of everyone. I would be willing to bet it's him behind a desk and a bunch of new people. Yeah. And that probably, like, look somewhat vaguely, either costume-wise or attitude-wise, like the original cast. Mm-hmm. And But, like, it's just the next generation, right? And just showing... I, that's what I hope. I hope it's, like, that soft cliffhanger, right? Like, I don't want them yep. to actually do a reboot. I just want them to be, like, he does take over. He is okay. Everyone's going to train this new batch. and We gotta find a new name for the spy organization. Obviously. At some point. Maybe they'll take over Odin, effectively. Maybe. I thought Odin, like, basically collapsed, though. Yeah, but so did Isis, so... <laughs> Shit, yeah. I... I remember hearing that line, though, about Mallory and Archer, and, like, it hit, like, a gut punch, and I was like, oh, shit. And thinking back on it, it's not just, like, something they threw out there, like, oh, yeah, maybe. It's like, no shit, that actually makes a lot of sense. A lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Because you you get the idea that Archer's the main character, or it might be about Archer and Lana, do they ever get together? Like, no, it's really about the relationship between the mom, the son, this workplace, and how they can manage that relationship, but also the growing up with this mother mm-hmm. who was always working and wasn't always emotionally available and how that carries into his work relationships. It's just, I thought that was, if that is true, if they stick to their guns with that, I'll be mm-hmm. very impressed. Well, and then like uh, dial M for mother that entire episode where the <laughs> chips go on hay where, make me a cheese sandwich. No. <laughs> oh, I have a Swiss. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you, mother. No, you don't. <laughs> Well, I hate you now. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I'm I'm not ready for it to be over. Yeah, I I think at the same time it's been eleven seasons, so I feel like the last obviously few seasons because I don't have cable or anything, and we have to wait like a whole year. It's been kind of getting dragged out, so I almost kind of forget about the show anymore. And I I feel like it's a good as time as any to end the show, but then everything will still be there available for us. So. That'll be nice. Um, I'm not sure if I have much else to share. I mean, I, I guess I, I could talk about Archer for, for a while, but also I feel like I, I don't just want to be talking at you for 40 right. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I think a lot of it's me just sharing like inside jokes that I really like. Unlike some of our other episodes, and I don't want to keep like teasing our other rerun where we had maybe a little bit more substance. Yeah. Um, I, again, I think... this this, this is, Go ahead. Again, I think... The other thing we may not have talked about enough or may not have mentioned enough is there's a lot of brilliant wordplay and witty humor there. And it's hard to translate that to discuss about it. You just have to watch and listen to it. And then you'll get like a, that's funny from it. It's, it's almost like I've listened to your episode about borderline Mm -hmm. or was that what? Fuck. I even recommended it. Yeah. I think it was borderline. Uh, And it's, it's hard to like, Describe the plot of a comedy, because it loses something along the way in translation. Mm-hmm. Just just know that the show is, for the most part, really well done, really funny. And it's smart, but not always in such a way that you feel like you have to be super smart to get every joke. Yeah. If you miss a joke, and I say that someone who misses a good portion There's of quite a few that go over my to, head, yeah. Like if, usually it's names, inventors, mm-hmm. um, stuff like that, that I'm like, what the fuck is that? I have to look it mm-hmm. up later. But... Uh, it doesn't ruin like the whole no. vibe of the show. Yeah. It's just like, oh, that one moment could have been funnier for me. But if not, you, yeah. get, you get that he's being a smart aleck yeah. about something. And that he's actually a really mm-hmm. intelligent person. He went to boarding school. He's he's pretty well educated. 
He just doesn't like, you know, utilizing that apparently. <laughs> no. I think even from the context of those highbrow jokes, you still will laugh. Even <laughs> You'll be like, ha, I don't get it. <laughs> Is there a, obviously you said you, you throw the pilot at everyone to get into the show, obviously. Yeah, and, and then I think I usually followed up with Elsk- uh, Los Scandalos. Los Scandalos. I, I haven't mentioned this great. enough. I fucking love Los, Los Scandalos. It's a, it's a great, episode. like, and again, like, kind of a per se a parody almost. It's a it's a very, like, usual suspects kind of vibe and everything like that. There's there's so many things to this show. I think that that episode encapsulates the personalities of everybody without having to know any background. I, I, I think it reminds me of Usual Suspects. It reminds me more of the movie Clue. Yeah. And just on how the character dynamics work and whatnot. You get like a little bit of a, of a serious storyline in there. But for the most part, it's just, it's just haha mm-hmm. shenanigans. Again, I think this is... Archer is also a nerdy spy that has watched much like spy or action pop culture in his life. So whenever something similar to those pop culture references happen, he's giddy about doing stuff like that. That's why, like, you know, Burt Reynolds or, you know, going to space and stuff like that. All this, like, you know, super spy stuff. He just gets really excited about that stuff, you know. I really like him as a character. It's Archer as a character. I know we like went through our favorite characters and Archer wasn't on mm-hmm. that list. Funny enough, as like the main yeah. character. Weird how that works. But I think he's a really fleshed out being. That for someone who again, just kind of starts out pretty flat, selfish, he has a whole lot of facets to him. A lot of things that make him tick. And this childish wonder that's like in him at any given mm-hmm. point is so wholesome. Even though he's basically a kid in an adult's body. Like, a lot of those selfish decisions he makes is just because he never learned to grow up. Which ends up being, like, that reoccurring theme, right? That that time, Those times yeah. when he's becoming bigger and better and growing up is usually a time that something horrible happens to him. Because something about growing up means you have to accept the consequences of your horrible actions. And he has, again, in his words, I'm afraid if I stop drinking, the hangover will literally <laughs> kill me. The collective hangover kill me. will literally kill me. And I think that is, I mean, haha, funny about the hangover, but like all these things that he has done catches yep. up. One way or another, because it's like I said, don't slow down. Otherwise, bad stuff catches up. <laughs> Anyways, I also like the episode when they're stuck in the elevator. <laughs> oh, God. Tell me more about that. Cause, like, it's, it's like right there's there. the robot toaster and everything brain. like that. They, they're all stuck in there because they come in there for a meeting, but they don't take the stairs. They all take cram the elevator and... The rock yeah. episode, right? Because Cyril just bought her a fucking yeah. engagement ring. No, that was, that's like, I mean, that's another episode where they get stuck in the elevator. That one's a good one, too. No, because that was when they were doing, like, the uh, fair wages or, like, unionizing and everything. Mm-hmm. Now, the one I'm thinking of is it's literally, like, Cyril, Archer, Lana, Pam, Krieger, and Cheryl all in an elevator. And it, like, stopped and got stuck. And it's on the weekend, so the power's down or something like that. and then. I have like no oh, memory of this. It's whatsoever. it's one of those like later seasons that you probably don't like as it is, but oh, that, that might, might be, be why it. you've just <laughs> you've just blanked it from your memory. There were episodes as I was going through the IMDb. I'm like, I yep. don't remember this one. I don't remember. Like this I said, one. I don't remember There's the no... episode where Conrad lost his hand. I was just like, oh, I remember that that happened, but I don't remember how or in what context it happened. <laughs> just like, yeah, okay. <laughs> hmm. I, I think it, it must be diversity higher or no, it's Honeypot. 
thank you. (laughs) Whenever you say something like super offensive, but very true. Thank you. Thank you. But yeah, I don't, I don't think I have much else to, to talk about. It's one of those shows where, yeah, we can sit around and talk about it, but then it's also one where you have to collect your thoughts on it. And it's, it's just a good show. I guess we'll just have to text each other as the episodes go on. For sure. And I, I really hope, I hope, but I also anticipate. I think it's going to have a good finale. Yeah. I think it's going to end on a good note. Me too. Maybe Archer will get to play lacrosse again. Maybe. That's where it's going to end. He's going to be a professional lacrosse player with uh, being in charge of a spy organization. Maybe he'll lose an eye. Oh, man. Have an eye patch, yes. eye patch and a cane pa- behind the fucking yes. desk. Well, let's go ahead and wrap this up yeah. then. Let's maybe had a little bit more of a low, lower vibe. Than I anticipate, but I don't think that is a negatory by any means. No, yeah. They were both strong episodes coming out of the gate for the for the new season. I really enjoyed that. But yeah, I think our love for it, even though just maybe not as loud as or rambunctious as other shows, we both love the show a lot. It's really dear to us. I I am fully anticipating crying during the finale. I'm waiting oh, for man. it. I think it's gonna be something if if last season's finale was as good as that was. Yeah. If we can get goosebumps. I really think that this is going to push me over the edge if they do it just as well. Mm-hmm. As we all know, I fucking hate endings. All right. <laughs> well, then, what can we talk about? What can we say? This is hopefully going to be coming out here relatively soon. Not that I have any major projects to announce by any means. Just that, like, hey, if you like hearing our thoughts and stuff. If you want to see cute pictures of my dog, I've been posting those on Twitter pretty pretty frequently. So you can yeah. follow me on Twitter at Roll for Alex. Yep, yeah, and you can find my stupid, mild, amusingly musings at Twitter at Shaw or on the Instagrams, which I have not posted in over three months, so maybe not that one. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not that one. Look me up on the tweets. You can also join our Discord, which has a bunch of cool kids in it from various projects that we have participated in at this point. And, you know, oh my goodness, we're getting close to the end of the month. That means that we're going to have to be changing Gen Chat. That's a fun thing. Yeah. If you are not in our Discord, that's a fun thing you get to participate in. It's I have to just say, hey, what should we name D- Gen Chat this month? And everyone throws out ideas, and it's a lottery system, and it's super fun. And so there's that. We also throw in new channels every month. I think right now, what our late for anime school, which is our anime channel, is is it's been popping pretty good as been you been vibing, yeah, been doing your thing. Mm-hmm. It's nice. It's nice. We got our books chat, and then we've got yeah, we've got all sorts. So our question of the day channel has been having like a lot of hey, what's your month, birthday month, and birthday day? Yeah, it's mashups. It's that. It's it's those like picture personality quick quizzes or something like that you know or or matchup things birthday matchup personalities you know the meme yeah you know you know the one that low-key doxes you it's fine (laughs) (laughs) the ones that are like actually fairly accurate and you can't say anything about it (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. fine it's fine (laughs) but you know and either way whether you talk to us on twitter or if you want to come hang out in our discord you can come tell us how wrong we are, even though we know we're right. Yes, indeed. Oh, hey, one more thing. Ha 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 ha, motherfuckers. Guess what? Our theme song is Astronaut by the Spinwires off their Nights Out EP. Uh, so if you like it, you should check them out. They just came out with a new uh, collection of, of covers this summer, and uh, they're a hoot to listen to. So Spinwires, yes, good. 
Am I missing anything? Now we just need to fix a recording and then we'll be set. Fuck you, Ethan. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever I quit Whatever. out. I'll be in my trailer. <laughs> well, I will just say on Alex's behalf, bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye now, bye-bye, bye-bye. And just remember, no one is your supervisor. Adios. Adios.